will just call me the show where all the productivity authors and online specialists come to play. This is episode 51 of the Elevate Your 8 podcast. And yeah, let's go. You're listening to the Elevate Your 8 podcast, where we firmly believe that time management and productivity is just a matter of simple mathematics and prioritization. Productivity guru and self-care ninja Chris McPeak will debunk your biggest time management limiting beliefs. It's time to hear from everyday people like you sharing their tips and strategies for success and learning how to incorporate small changes in your life in order to make the most of every hour in your day. If you're ready to prioritize, synthesize, and realize your daily needs and wants, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, podcaster, and wannabe 200 breaststroke national champion, Chris McPeak. All right. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. I don't know when you're listening, but whenever you're listening, I want to thank you for downloading this week's episode of Elevate Your 8. I'm your host, Chris McPeak, and today we are going to talk with author, podcaster, and CEO founder of Inkwell Press, Tanya Dalton. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I am excited that you're here. I feel like we're simpatico because we both like to talk about productivity issues and things of that nature. So yes. I'm so, so <laughs> glad we were able to connect. Let's just kind of roll out you know, your origin story. Tell us a little bit about how you got started with Inkwell Press and then where did the productivity paradox come from there? Yeah, I love this question because uh, I have such an interesting kind of, I don't know, trajectory of my career because, you know, I started my first business, I think around 2008 with $50 and a goal to bring my husband on board. Oh, wow. And I was, I was able to make that happen. Uh, I was able to have him, you know, quit working in corporate America and come work alongside of me. And I loved that part of um, my career. I loved that I built a business that really allowed me to work alongside my husband. That yeah. He could really be at home more often and um, be an active part of raising our children, which is something that was really important to him. But I found that, you know, I started that first business with that intention of really growing it so that he could come alongside of me. I didn't grow it because I was passionate about what I was creating. Right. And so I had this moment in 2013 in the fall where I looked at my husband and I said, you know, I love working with you. <laughs> I love, <laughs> love business in general, but I just don't love what I'm putting forth in the world. I, I want to do something I'm more passionate about. I want to do something that feels more impactful for me. I used to be a teacher. So teachers are always looking for like, how do we change people's lives? How do we make a difference? Right. And so he's like, okay, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> what if, you know, what if there is nothing out there? And so it became this whole journey for me of, okay, discovery. What is it that I'm truly passionate about? Is there something out there? So I started creating these exercises for myself because there wasn't a lot out there. Everything I read was like, start with your purpose. And I'm like, no, that's yeah. what I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out. So I had to sit down and really discover what are the things I'm truly passionate about? So I found that I was really passionate about empowering women. I was doing a lot of small business consulting, helping other women grow their businesses, and I loved interacting and working with them. I really loved education and you know, teaching other people. You know, As I mentioned, I used to be a teacher, and seeing those light bulb moments really does fire me up. And then I was really passionate about productivity because that's what allowed me to grow a business, like I said, you know, from $50 to 
the point where my husband could work alongside of me and be the sole income for our family. So I had these three things that seemed so disconnected. <laughs> and so right. I had to, you know, create a thread that connected those. And so I created Inkwell Press, which is a company that designs and creates productivity tools for women to really help them live their best life. And with that, always came a strong foundation of education. So it wasn't ever just like, here's the product, here's, you know, buy a planner, come back in a year. It was, here's a planner. Now let's talk about what your priorities are. Let's talk about how you're, you know, structuring your days and those types of conversations. And so, you know, that we started with the planners and that took off and did really well. People really resonated with, you know, the things that we created in our planners because it was so unique and different from anything that was on the market at the time. And so because of that success, I was really able to expand and grow into having the podcast, Productivity Paradox, which leaned even more into that education part, into that service part of what I really wanted. You know, I've never been about let's sell planners. I've really been about let's change lives. Let's really, let's really help women live their very best lives and stop feeling like they have to do everything and really help them learn how they need to, you know, how they can focus in their days on what matters most. So uh, the podcast has been one of those things that I started that I didn't know I would love it quite as much as I do, because it really is such a great opportunity to teach and inform and connect and, and really help, you know, be an instrument for change, which I love, which I know you love as well in your podcast. Well, what I love so much about podcasting is that finally, like if you feel like you have a message and you want to get it out into the world, you don't need permission to do right. that. Um, you can, you know, put it together and, and go for it. And that's what, yeah, that's one of the things I love so much about, about having this, um, this platform to share. I had forgotten about your planners and I get your emails. So I think w- w- there was a day it, it's very customizable, right? You can buy different packs to put together, like, you know, what your goals are. Can you kind of talk a little bit about what the, the planner pieces look, look yes, like? Absolutely. And that's one of the things that I'm, I'm really proud of because the education part of what I do and how I teach women about being productive, it works so seamlessly and it integrates so well with our products that our products really do make it even easier to use a lot of those strategies and the tactics that I talk about on the podcast, in the book and, you know, in the videos and things that I do. And so one of the ways that we designed our planners is that it's designed with a disc system. So you can easily make it modular where it's like, okay, I like a weekly planner, but I want to have meal planning as well, or I want to have goal setting. And so you can really mix and match the different elements to customize the planning. So it works for you. I I truly believe one of the things that people find with productivity is, you know, I'll have conversations with them and they'll be like, Oh, I tried this system. It didn't work for me. And I think that the reason why productivity fails so many people is because it's this rigid system and we think that we are supposed to work our life around that. And instead, I like to tell people it's you and your priorities right there in the center. Let's wrap the system around you. Let's customize it and make it work so that it really does play to your strengths, but it also plays to your weaknesses and it allows your priorities to sit front and center. And so by having a product, having a planner that is customizable where you can mix and match and change things out and swap pages around really easily, Um, it makes that really feasible in your planner to really create a customized planner that is designed for you and the way that you want to run your life. And that's when we become more successful when it comes to productivity, when it, when it really is molded to fit us and what is truly important to us. 
Yeah, I could not agree more. There's definitely tactics that I use like at my day job that my colleagues would never, you know, it's like, oh my, I can't believe you do that. How does that work? That would never work for me. Well, because it, it's not going to work for you because yeah. it's a strategy. Um, right. Yeah, no, I th- and I think that's, that's fantastic. I can remember being in college, everybody having that, the Franklin, Franklin mm-hmm. company planner or whatever. And, and it was almost like it, it was a fad. Like you weren't cool if you didn't have one. Um, but that never, like that particular device never, never worked for me. So it's great that you're making something that is truly unique that each person can make their own. I think that's really beautiful. I think that's truly the secret to success, not just with productivity, but, but anything in life is really customizing it and making it work for you. I think so often we want to pretend like, um, you know, we don't have weaknesses or we just want to shove them underneath the bed and pretend they're not there. But truly, you know, none of us are perfect. None of us are doing everything extraordinarily well. We have, we have strengths and we all have weaknesses. And when we ignore those weaknesses, that's when we have these, you know, cracks in our our systems. Mm -hmm. Let's instead, let's, let's embrace our, our perfectly imperfect selves. Let's embrace the fact that we have some things that we don't do as well. Let's make our systems work for us instead of working against us so that we can be more successful. Elevators, I hope you're enjoying this week's episode and I wanted to just throw a quick little reminder in there that my 50th episode was just recently launched and to go along with that, I'm doing a huge 50th episode epic giveaway. Some of my previous guests have ponied up a number of their fantastic products, including books, coaching sessions, beauty items, online courses. There is so much to choose from and it's all going to one lucky winner. This prize package is worth more than $600 and you're going to get expert advice and items from some of the country's most amazing podcasters and authors and online specialists. So to enter, go to chrismcpeak.com forward slash 50 that's the word 50, not the number 50, F-I-F-T-Y. Go in there and enter. There's going to be all the details on what you can do. It, it ranges from just filling out a form to leaving a rating and review to liking posts on Instagram. There's a lot of different ways you can win or you can do all of the things and have multiple chances to win. So go there now, chrismcpeak.com forward slash 50, the word 50, not the number 50. And let's get right on back to today's episode. You have a book out now. It's been out about what, three weeks, almost a month. Yes. Um, Very exciting and kind of a crazy, crazy thing. But yes, the the book, uh, The Joy of Missing Out. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about how and when you decided to write a book about Jomo, if you will. (laughs) Yes. Well, you know, I decided I wanted to write a book when I was 12 years old, (laughs) standing in the middle of Mr. Carlisle's sixth grade classroom. I decided that. (laughs) But, you know, for years I would tell myself, Ooh, is this the year I write a book? Nope, not the year. Someday, someday. And I kept putting it back on the shelf. And of course, when I was in sixth grade, I didn't know what the book would be about. I had no idea. I just knew I loved writing. And I knew that writing was something I thought would be an amazing career. And so it was one of those things where, again, you know, I would revisit it every January. I don't know. Could could I write a book? No, I can't write a book or I don't have time to write a book. And, and so it was this dream that just always was just out of reach. And then because of the podcast, quite frankly, you know, I started getting publishers reaching out to me, asking me to write a book. And that was when it was like, 
okay, maybe, maybe this really is meant to, meant to happen. And maybe I really can, can write this book if I prioritize it, because I feel like so often we tell ourselves that we don't have the time. Really, mm-hmm. we, do. we all have the same 24 hours. It's really a matter of prioritizing and making that, you know, elevating it and making it where it's something important that we center our day on. And so I made the decision to write the book at this point, I guess that was probably a year and a half ago. It takes, okay. a, it takes a, it's a long cycle to get a book out, uh, especially with going with a, a, a publisher like I did with HarperCollins, because um, then I sat down and I started mapping out what is the book going to be about? How is this going to work? Because I really wanted to make sure it wasn't just about, you know, um, oh, it's good to do this and this is ideal and this is inspirational. I didn't want anyone to read the book and go, wow, that's really inspiring. I love the idea of doing away with busy. I love the idea of being productive. Now what? Right. I really wanted it to be really, you know, good tactics and strategies, things that were flexible that you could really apply and use in your own life. And so really taking the time to map that out, that was really when I started to get even more on fire with the idea of the joy of missing out. Because to me, the whole idea, the whole premise behind the joy of missing out is that we dream of this ideal life. You know, when we're in the shower or when we're stirring, you know, sugar into our cup of coffee, we're, right. we're thinking about this ideal life and this ideal day, like, oh, wouldn't it be nice? And there's amazing things in that ideal life. However, there's a lot of things that are missing. There's a lot mm-hmm. of things that we don't have in that ideal day. The, the feeling of busyness, that feeling of overwhelm, mm-hmm. the feeling of being stretched too thin or saying yes out of obligation and guilt instead of saying yes out of desire and joy. And so I really wanted to talk about what would life be like if we chose to miss out on those things? What if mm-hmm. we actively chose how we wanted to spend our days? We chose to spend it on the things that mattered most. We lived a life that is a priority-centered life that's, I like to say, with unhurried purpose. Yes. And, and how do we really make that work? So that's really where the book came from is this whole idea of how do we make it so that women truly can achieve this? I wanted, I wanted the joy of missing out to be an achievable ideal day for you and then making that ideal day into your regular everyday. That's amazing. I, you know, I'm resonating with this so much. I think, like I said, I swear <laughs> I to God, we really are simpatico, the two of us. Um, I want to dig in the book a little bit because I was kind of, you know, looking at the one sheet here and I'm a I'm a big nerd about the whole concept of work-life balance, but mm-hmm. one of your takeaways here is that we can take charge of our destiny only when we let go of balance. So what's, what's that premise all about? Yes. Yeah, so, well, I love how you're talking about, like when you're talking about elevate your eight and you're talking about the fact that we have eight hours of work, eight hours of sleep, and then we have eight hours that really truly do belong to us. Right. We can choose how we spend it. So we have 72 hours each week. Mm-hmm. And I think when people really think about 72 hours, it's a little bit surprising. Let me right. say it's shocking. Just days. <laughs> it's, it really is. And so when you think of it in terms of that type of, of balance and really looking at your time, I completely agree with it. When I'm talking about balance here, I'm thinking about, you know, I talk about the three buckets of your life of work, home, and personal. Okay. And what happens is a lot of time is We feel like we have to get even time for work, even time for play, even time for our personal goals. And when we're pursuing this evenness, we're not really leaning into one of the buckets. We're not really leaning into our goals to allow movement to happen. So if you think of it like riding a bike, and this is the example I give in the book, if you're riding a bike, it's great. If you just want to stay on that same path and not move in either direction, 
you can stay perfectly balanced. Right. But if you want to turn left, you have to lean to the left. You have to go out of balance and really lean into it. Now you can't stay lean forever because you'll fall over you'll fall and over. skin your knee. Yeah. So you have to counterbalance. But then if you want to turn to the right, you have to do the same thing. You have to lean yeah. over to the right. And it's the same thing with these three buckets of work, home, and personal. If you really want to, you know, let's say for one quarter of the year, you really want to focus in and get a promotion at work, you need to lean into that work bucket a little bit more. If you're really wanting to get that promotion, you can't lean evenly into all the buckets at the same time. Otherwise, you're not really giving the, the one area of your life any more attention. And this is the thing is if we treat everything as all equal, then nothing becomes a priority. Mm -hmm. And there are different priorities. We have to, you know, let's say we are leaning into that work bucket for a promotion, but we can't stay leaned in there forever because we'll fall over and we'll skin our knee. Right. Great. So we have to counterbalance and then we need to lean for a little bit, maybe into that personal bucket, working on our personal goals and our relationships. And then maybe we need to counterbalance and then go back to the work bucket or lean into the home bucket. And really it's this idea of the ebb and flow of life, giving ourselves that flexibility, allowing for the grace of real life to happen. Because I think this is the other thing that happens is that a lot of people, we have these systems or this rigidity of like, I have to do this. I have to spend two hours doing this and two hours doing that and two hours doing this. And, and it's so rigid that it becomes hard to really allow it to work for real right. everyday life that needs that flexibility. I think the word flexibility appears like a thousand times in the book because <laughs> that is truly what life demands. You know, there are days that are easy and there are days that are hard and, and we need to allow for both. Yeah. Why well, do you know Ani DeFranco's work at all? The, I don't know. Um, she's a, sort of a punk folk rock singer. Um, uh -huh. And one of her songs is called buildings and bridges. And she says building and buildings and bridges are meant to like bend in the wind or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. But if you think about that from a structural standpoint, like what do you mean a building's going to bend? That's the dumbest thing I ever heard, but it's the, the exact com concept that you're talking about of, of, uh, of leaning and, and balancing and counterbalance. I think that that is really, really clever. And, and it's absolutely right. Like in order to make that turn and make, and make change and, and move up even, you know, to, you know, elevate yourself to that next, that next level of self-actualization or the point in your life where you feel like you're so much happier because you're really doing and pursuing the things that, that are bringing you the most joy. Um, yes. and this is the best way to do that because you, yeah, you can't, you can't stay on the same path on a truly linear path your entire life and expect for anything to be different or better. No, right. Yeah. I can't remember who it said, but like, you know, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting change to happen is just like the definition of insanity, right? Yep. Like yeah. you need that change. You, you, we need that ebb and flow. Otherwise, well, quite frankly, life would be boring. Right. <laughs> it was always yeah. the same if we were always on that same path. And then a lot of times we need to get off the path. We need to, mm -hmm. we need to experience a little bit of discomfort. We need to get out of our comfort zone because that's really where growth happens you know, it's called a comfort zone because that's where we are in our sweatpants watching Netflix on the couch. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's really, really comfortable, but we can't spend all day every day there. We yeah. really want to live our best lives. And from time to time, that bike needs a tune-up. I mean, let's let's be yes, real. Yes, it does. Absolutely. Put the in the tires and and oil those gears. <laughs> um, yes. So I, I I'm an author too. I went a less traditional method. I did the whole self-publishing thing, and I think it's really exciting. And like your publisher came to you, like, oh, we would love for you to 
to write something, but you hadn't yet figured out what you wanted to write about. And mine was the exact opposite. I knew what I wanted to write about, but I didn't know how I was going to get it out there. Um, so what was the writing process like for you? Like, how did you find time to write, do your show, run a business, kick it with your family? Like, what was, what was that like for you? Yeah, I really feel like this is a thing. I think it's really true that if I had said, you know what, I'll write the book when I have time, it would have taken me 75,000 years right. <laughs> to write the book. Right. Because let's be honest, none of us have time. We all feel like we're, we're stretched thin and we're running and going and everything else. So to really do something with meaning, to really lean into your goal, you have to carve out that time. It has to be yep. an intentional choice that I am gifting sometime to this opportunity or I'm gifting it to this goal. And I use that term gifting very intentionally there because it is when we, when we give our time, we give our time, our energy and our focus, it is a gift. It's Mm -hmm. not something we can get back. Once it is given, it's there. And so when we're gifting our time to do all these different ways and, you know, a thousand different directions, we're not really able to move forward in the direction we want. So I chose to really say no to several things. You know, I said no to no new TV shows. I said, there's no (laughs) way we're starting any new TV shows the entire time I'm writing this book. Yeah. Because it's easy to get in that rabbit hole of one more episode, right? Right. We say we don't have the time, but then we can binge watch an entire season over a weekend. Yes. We have the time. We just truly need to prioritize it. So what I did was I actively chose to carve out time in the morning for me to be able to write. So I got up early and I was getting up around 4.20, 4.30 in the morning, which it sounds early. It it is quite frankly, I'm not a morning person. People are like, you must be a morning person. I'm like, no, ask my mom about high school. (laughs) I think she's still recovering from it. But to me, part of it is too, the whole mindset behind it. When I was lying in bed and it was time to get up, you know, and it's pitch black outside, I didn't think to myself, God, I got to get up. I have to write. I thought to myself, I get to write today. Yes. This is exciting. I'm motivated. I'm excited. My heart is on fire. And it is really hard to go back to sleep with a heart that is on fire. Mm-hmm. So it really was this idea of how do I actively make this choice for myself to carve out this time? And the morning time was really what worked for me is getting up before my kids and my husband were up and really giving myself that gift of that time. And then, you know, it would be time to get up the kids and everything else. And the day would be off and running. But I started my day with such intention and such, you know, such a great win that the whole rest of the day felt very motivating and exciting. And um, I do want to point out that, you know, getting up every morning, even the four o'clock hour is not for everybody. Yes. But one of the things that I did is this is that flexibility and grace we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. I said to myself, my goal is to get up an average of three times a week to write. Okay. At four o'clock in the morning. Now that allowed for the days that I was like, okay, not getting up. <laughs> it's four o'clock <laughs> in the morning. And it allowed for the days where I was just, you know, not feeling it, or I needed some time to really think or, or whatever it was. But if I got up four days in a week, that's a solid win. If I got up two yeah. days in a week, it's okay because maybe I'd get up four days the next week. So that's that flexibility that I really, I talk about, but I also, I also live that in my own life. Um, and I think that the idea of getting up five days a week that early in the morning might've made me feel exhausted, but I didn't feel exhausted because it was something I got to look forward to. I'm, I'm doing this for myself three times a week. This is exciting. And when you put it in the terms of like that, you're gifting yourself that time that really does make it seem more of, um, you know, it flips the mindset. Um, that whole thing of like, I have to get up versus I get to get up. 
And yes. I need to, I need to tell myself that sometimes when it's time to go to the pool, um, I've been getting up at, at four, four thirty for years now to, to swim. Um, but yeah, there are totally days where it, it, I'm not feeling it. And I think like, well, okay, do, you know, I get to go to the pool today versus I have to go to the pool today. And like you're saying, sometimes you just want to get another extra hour under the covers cuddling with your hubby and your dog. Yes. Um, and, and that's okay. Cause if we can, yes. to be, be our, when we beat ourselves up because we forgot to do something, when we assign that guilt and that shame, um, I don't know that that's as uplifting as saying like, well, you know, today I'm choosing to gift myself an extra hour in the bed. Um, and, and tomorrow I'll gift myself an hour in the pool and that'll be great. So absolutely. It really um, is. I think a lot of it is mindset because what happens is when we, when we don't do something or we procrastinate, we beat ourselves up. And then, you know, it's been proven again and again that when we're beating ourselves up, we lose that motivation and we procrastinate more. Yes. Or we the next day we feel like, oh, I, I fell off the, the wagon. So I'm just going to stay off the wagon. And instead it's like, no, no, no. Hop back on tomorrow. The wagon's still there. Yep. You know, allow yourself that grace. Give yourself that flexibility. I love what you said there about I'm choosing to lay in bed for an extra hour, not I'm lazy. I think lazy is one of those words we need to just do away with when we're talking yeah. about ourselves. Yeah. You know, yeah. I want, I want to remove. Yeah. But, but calling yourself lazy, lazy is a choice. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I want to take the words lazy and busy completely out of American vocabulary mm -hmm. because I think all they do is either pump us up to be more important than we really are, or yes. they, they shame us into, you know, thinking like, well, I'm a big fatty loser and I can't get anything done. Um, and more. one of us, yeah, neither one of that gets us moving forward at all. Um, so my, my closing question is the same question for everybody. And you know, we were talking earlier about that finite amount of time that 24 hours in every day. So it, Tanya, if we woke up tomorrow and suddenly the universe gave us a 25th hour, what would you do with that extra hour to spoil yourself or do something fun? Well, first of all, I would, I would love if we had a 25th hour that was just designated for everyone to just play. Yeah. I think play is something that is so missing in our, you know, our values today. Like we feel like play is a waste of time and play is really one of the best ways to, to innovate and explore and be creative. And so for me, if I had that extra 25th hour, I would use it to create. I would probably just go up to my art studio, you know, I have a little art room or whatever, uh, craft room in my house and just explore and play for an hour without that, you know, feeling of, oh my gosh, I don't have time to do this because it would be a bonus hour. Absolutely. So yeah, giving, giving myself the gift of, of play just for playing sake. Absolutely. We all need to play more. And you guys heard it directly right here on Elevate Your Eight with our guest, Tanya Dalton, who is the author of The Joy of Missing Out. And we're going to do a giveaway that we're going to carve out the details. So just stay tuned to the show notes at the end. And, and Tanya and I will let you know how to make that happen. But um, in the meanwhile, Tanya, thank you for joining us today. This has been really fun. Thanks so much for having me. 